Hello and welcome to another look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look. Today we are doing something a bit different, but still love it, hate it, or somewhere in between. Today we are talking about the top 10 movies of 2019, and I am your host, Jeremy McKinley. And from Mississippi, I am your guest host. Brian Powers. Regular guest host. Regular guest host. <laughs> let's That's be, true. That's true. Let's be real, Brian. You've been on a few episodes. <laughs> uh, just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> uh, very good. So, uh, Brian, I, I know this is... Uh, you're probably... Hopefully you have a few, but uh, I, I wanted to uh, do the uh, our top nine, and then before the first, throw out some honorable mentions. That sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to have tons of honorable mentions. I had, like, legit 25 movies that, like, I really, really enjoyed this year. Uh, I, I could probably even go to 30. Like, it, it, the the end of this year has just been insane with movies. Yeah. It's like I had, had nothing for the list and then had too much for the list. Yeah, I mean, getting it down to 10 was about as difficult as it's been in a while. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I I definitely have at least like like seven to ten movies for the honorable mentions as well, so we'll have some fun with that. Excellent. Should we? Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, get into it. Let's get into it, sir. Uh, give me your number ten. My number ten is a movie called Parasite. Oh shit! Is this one on your list? Oh, it's my number two. <laughs> Number two, okay. I love Do this we movie. want to talk about it now? Let's, or? Talk, let's talk about it now. All right, all right. Well, this movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it is um, one of actually three movies that uh, are foreign language films on my list. So just give you a little little hint there. Look at you getting um, all cultured. I've, I've tried. i tried. It's funny enough, I've seen, I think, three or four foreign language films this year, and three of them ended up on my list. So uh, the ones I picked were pretty damn good, in my opinion. Nice. But uh, Parasite is one of them. I just love the themes of this movie. I mean, the themes are so rich between, you know, class and survival, parasitic relationships as the title uh kind of tells you there my kind of favorite part of this uh is kind of the failings of the capitalist system in in ways uh how you know it encourages the wealthy to prey upon the poor and vice versa yeah the the themes i can just go on and on and on about Oh, yeah, I agree with every point you're making. Also, this movie is hilarious. This movie really defies genres. Like, it goes from, like, comedy to, like, serious drama to even a bit of a thriller. And then it just goes all the way back. And it never feels unearned. It never takes you out of the movie. It just blended it. Seamless, right? You're just like, how can this be about like? There's definitely that uh that tonal shift after about the end of the second act where they reveal something, and you're just like, oh, oh, this is a different movie now. <laughs> right, right, but it, it works. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. I mean, the craftsmanship, especially on that end, was just excellent. Oh yeah, that director's previous film that I love. Uh, have you seen Snowpiercer? No, I have. 
have it. That's one that I've been meaning to get to, and oh. I still haven't gotten to it, but it is on my list to watch. Oh, yeah, check it out, man. It came out in that year I told you about, uh, 2014, uh, my favorite year of movies. <laughs> so. Right, right. So, it has uh, Chris Evans in it, right? Yeah, oh yeah. It, it's 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 probably his like only like kind of accessible kind of American cast in, in terms of in, in terms of um, or not even American because he has like Americans and like British people in there as well. But it's um uh, it's the one with the most like recognizable actors around the world type thing. So so yeah. Nice. Yeah, I have to check that one out. Cool, cool. Well, with that, I'm gonna do my number ten, and my number ten is Knives Out. By Ryan Johnson. All right, all right. It's on my honorable mentions, yeah. but uh, still a, a good movie, man. Oh, dude, and dude, it was it was definitely much needed after Ryan Johnson's last movie. I needed something to be like Ryan. You still got it, right, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Jeremy, what what movie are you talking about? Oh, uh, uh, we do, uh, we dare not speak its name. <laughs> Oh yeah, seriously. We, <laughs> you and I have talked that one to death, and that is actually one of our best podcasts too. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorites for sure. But yeah, Knives Out is just—it's just such a fun whodunit because they're a very—he very, like he very much likes to tap into genres that um, seldom get much um, much interest or love anymore. Right. And uh, definitely tapping into that kind of Agatha Christie slash, like, you know, uh, Murder on the Orient Ex- or Murder on the Orient Express, like, type whodunit story. And he just does that with so much fun, man. This is probably one of the most, it's probably in terms of, like, just enjoyment, like, one of the most fun movies I've watched this year. Absolutely. And, I mean, the cast oh, that, is just Oh, that phenomenal. cast, though. Oh, that cast, though. <laughs> I mean, holy crap. And you could tell that they were just having fun, just hamming it up, just giving everything they had to Ryan Johnson, because they were just having a ball. Oh, and, oh, especially Daniel Craig. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was having a great time. But also, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. talked about him. But he was like, you know, screw this, you know, Captain America, you know, I'm going to be an asshole and I'm going to love it. <laughs> like, it feels good. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I have been the symbol of hope and peace and justice for the past 10 years and I am tired of it. <laughs> right? He's like, fuck the Boy Scout, let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Knives Out is my number 10. Uh, just such a great, uh, fun flick. Uh, it even has uh, elements or that deal with topical stuff like immigration, but it works within the story and it doesn't get too preachy with it. So that's definitely where it could kind of like saunter into very like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, Like, like let me hear like, let, like so-and-so director's agenda on a topic, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that is my number 10, sir. What is your number 9? My number 9 is a movie that came out earlier this year, um, and it is Rocket Man. Ah, with Taron Egerton, right? With Taron Egerton. I mean, the, I, I feel so bad that it came out so early in the year that everyone's kind of forgotten about it now, and he's not getting any Oscar love uh, whatsoever, and that is a damn shame in my book because uh, this is his this is his best performance by far um, you know I liked him in the Kingsman movies and I've seen him in a couple other things but this hands down is like a star making performance for him nice 
and and <laughs> and from what I heard, it like uh, they really like kind of go for, like kind of fantasyful, uh, like with the music uh, elements of that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it's essentially a fantasy movie based on true events, um, and it, yeah, the the way they do it, they just got creative with it. It was uh, Dexter Fletcher was the uh, director. He's the one who finished up uh, Bohemian Rhapsody oh, after yeah. the whole Brian Singer. Oh yeah, that uh, oh, oh, oh yeah that that poor bastard was stuck with that train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He did, he did the best he could, but yeah. Uh, personally, I like this movie better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was fine, um, but uh, I felt like they sugarcoated a lot of uh, of Freddie Mercury's life. And for Rocket Man, they do not do that. They show you the highs of highs and the rock bottom lows, um, and it. They do not shy away from it whatsoever. It does not hold back and uh, really delves into the downside of fame and, and what that does to a person um, and uh, how it can affect them, their lives and people around them. And uh, it's just it's extravagant and flamboyant and just a ton of fun. Um, I, I haven't, uh, rewatched this. I just watched it once in the theater, but, uh, I can't wait to watch this movie again. Excellent. Yeah. I, it's one of the ones I've missed this year, but or last year, but I'll definitely give it a watch for sure. Uh, big, big Terry Egerton fan. And, uh, it's fucking Elton John, man. Come on. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, uh, I saw him, I saw Elton John at, uh, the Golden Globes and I was like, holy shit, man, Taron Egerton just nailed that guy. You know, even though I just saw it like six plus months ago, I just, every time I see, uh, Elton John, it's like, damn, that dude can act. Oh yeah. And he's only getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he does next. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, my number nine is, um, is going to be in or is going to be the second greatest breakup movie of the year, <laughs> <laughs> and that is Midsummer. Have you seen Midsummer? I have, I have. You know what's crazy is I saw this movie uh, back when I was in Klamath Falls, and I was in the theater by myself. <laughs> of course, you were. And it was so weird and creepy like watching this movie by yourself freaks you the fuck out oh it does <laughs> it is so weird yeah luckily i saw it in like the middle of the day so when i walked out it was like oh it's daylight even though with that movie it's daylight <laughs> it's daylight so actually never mind right it's just like it's like that director ari aster was like you know what I'm not even going to use, like, darkness to be scary anymore. Like, I'm going to be scary in broad-ass daylight. <laughs> right. And he did it, and I'm like, bravo, sir. It's it's, it's weird. Uh, it's definitely one that if you want to do it, you know, like, have a second watch with um, some assistance from some friends like Mr. Robinson or other friends, uh, you definitely can. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely may even take you further into the film but yeah it is uh it is just so weird and original and by the end i'm like i'm down with this this is so weird but yeah i'm down with this <laughs> yeah the movie is it's a trip man just from beginning to end um just 
just a total trip and uh florence Pugh. i mean let, let, let's we're gonna talk about her quite a bit i think oh, yeah. um for sure. But she is just amazing. Talk oh, yeah. about a star-turning performance, like I said with Taryn Egerton. But her, she is... 2019 was her year. And I think 2020 is going to be a good one for her, too. Uh, uh, what else was she in this year? Or last year? Uh, she, was in, she was in Fighting With My Family. Oh, okay. I heard that was great. Uh, it was good. I liked it. It was one of those early films. It was about wrestling and all of that. Um, uh, yeah, so that was a good movie, and then she was in Little Women as well. Oh, nice, I heard, I heard that was also good, too, so yeah, yeah. This, is, this has definitely been your year, huh? Nice. Mm-hmm. and she's got Black Widow coming up next, uh, this year, so. Oh, is she the other, is she the sister? She's the sister. Gotcha, alright. Alright, well, good for her. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, watch her star as it rises. Excellent. It's rising fast. Rising fast indeed. All right, with that, let's move on to our number eight. Brian, hit me. Speaking of another uh, fast rising star, um, my number eight is The Farewell. Ooh, we're talking Aquafina, right? We're talking Aquafina. This is. uh, Have you seen this movie? I have not, no. Okay, so uh, what this movie is about is uh, her grandma, or uh, they find out her grandma has cancer, but they don't tell her grandma. Uh, so instead, they put together this uh, wedding of her cousin who just met this girl that he's dating. I think they've been together like a few months, and they kind of force him to, to marry her in the... Um, so everyone can go and say their goodbyes to the grandma. But I guess, uh, according to this movie, in Chinese uh, culture, uh, you don't tell a person if they're dying because that's cruel. Um, (laughs) In their minds, because, uh, you know, let them just live their life out and, uh, you know, not have to worry about that. that heaviness and that everyone else will take that on instead of them. I, I, I've uh, I've seen the trailer. It looked like something I wanted to see. I just never made time, but I will definitely make time for sure. Yeah, it, it's mostly uh, there. There is it kind of goes back and forth between Chinese and English. Um, I'd say it's about eighty-five percent uh, in Chinese, and then Aquafina sometimes talks in English, uh, and then they kind of uh, interpret from there. But uh, Aquafina, she is just fantastic. From uh, her her role in Crazy Rich Asians last year, where she was just this big you know, outlandish kind of character to this role, which was uh, so heartfelt and um, just endearing and emotional uh, performance out of her. And uh, it was also cool to learn more about a culture that I'm not a part of. Like, I don't know much about Chinese culture. And it's very different than, than the way we do things. But it was just fascinating to learn more about a culture other than my own. And uh, also, it it turns out uh, that this is also a true story, which is even more interesting. Uh, Well, of course, when you, I mean, when you have, like, you know, a custom that is, you know, an an Eastern custom that is as strange as that to us Westerners, you definitely got to bring it over here. And, you know, it's definitely ripe for great storytelling, so. Yeah, and and it was, 
was a good mix of both drama and uh, and comedy because uh, Aquafina is just a, a funny person to to begin with, and she definitely brings that to this movie. Uh, but like I said, there's tons of emotion in her performance, so yeah, definitely check this one out if you can. Oh, what well, will do, Matt? I look forward to crying my eyes out. <laughs> Absolutely, you will. Okay, yeah, I'm a big softy, so it's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my number eight is going to go to Mr. Quentin Tarantino with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, yeah, this is one of the ones uh, we reviewed uh, together. Yeah, and uh, I liked it the more, like, I liked it a lot when I when I saw it, and then just the more I thought about it, I just liked it even more. Man, uh, I actually... Uh, have recently become uh, friends with this guy who uh, who absolutely adored the film. <laughs> I met I actually I actually met him at at the theater watching another movie that's on my on this top ten list. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, him and I just talking about the movie more. He was just uh, talking about things that I was like, yeah, I, I, I realized that too and that too, and just so many layers. For example, because uh, you know the movie takes place you know like back during the whole the whole Charles Manson murders and. We were talking about like how his uh his presence is very barely in the movie. He's all he's in there for all of like what like a minute maybe. Just, yeah, like, just a very act. short scene. And how it's 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 very purposeful that the movie was just to celebrate Sharon Sharon Tate's life and to give no heed or credence to him at all, which I really appreciate it because he's an asshole and fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, just, you know, like, that layer on top of the movie, just, you know, just kind of being about the death of, uh, you know, the death of an era, and just kind of celebrating it is just beautiful. And it's also just, in my opinion, like, one of Tarantino's most mature films, you know, uh, with the exception of, like, the last 15 minutes. Right, I was about to say, uh, yeah, I'd say, the, what, what is this, like, a two-hour, 45 minute film like two two and a half hours of it oh yeah he was like he was so he was like he was bursting at the seams in that last last half hour he's like come on i gotta do something crazy come on (laughs) and uh but and then oh i feel so much better now uh, it was uh (laughs) that 15 minute release so to speak was uh was definitely worth it for sure Right, and uh, as we said in, in the review, uh, I didn't love this one as much as you did. Um, the going in and out of uh, the real character, or like real life people, and the fictional characters kind of took me out of the film a bit. And yeah, just in terms of, I, I understand everything Tarantino was doing, but it just didn't it didn't resonate for me. But uh, uh, I also do need to see this one again because uh, it, it's been a while. So maybe I'll give it a second watch. Hey, who knows? You may even like it more. I might. I, I very well might. All right. Well, let's go to lucky number seven. Your number seven pick, Brian. Yes, lucky number seven is uh, a movie, a French movie. Mm. Uh, called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, you bastard! You got to see that movie. I did. Ah, yes. damn it! It's no, it's not playing out here. So, I, I, and I've heard nothing but great things about it. Yeah, I, I was able to to find it and I watched it, and oh my god, this movie! Um, so the the main thing about it is uh, a painter and aristocrat are um, coming uh, together 
and the in uh, I think 17th century France, and the the kicker is they're both women, and it's about like a forbidden romance. Oh yeah, um, definitely back in that time. Uh, yes, especially back in that time, and uh, it's just expertly crafted. I mean, every little glance, every little uh, uh, touch or uh, movement is just in there for a reason. Nothing in this movie uh, is by accident. Also, it was really cool because it was almost like the director uh, said to keep rolling a few minutes after the scene was over uh, and then they put that in the movie and it really allows you to kind of understand the emotions and the feelings that they are provoking in their performance and uh, it really made a difference. Nice, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely one that I've I've heard about. I know the general premise of it and it's just been one I've wanted to see but or they haven't shown it out here yet. I'm I'm sure... uh, when it comes to when it comes around Oscar time in uh, February, they will definitely give it a more wide release because I really want to see this movie. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's definitely a tough one to find, but uh, it is definitely one that should be seen. I mean, the cinematography is, was great. Um, the two lead actresses. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to say their name because I'm just going to absolutely butcher it um but uh they they are fantastic they have such great chemistry and you really feel their uh emotions i mean it just through like body language that's what's so amazing about this movie is just the body language like i said the looks and the smiles like all of that you feel every single one of them uh without them even having to say anything Hey man, uh, you know, in uh, in the world of uh, theater and screen stuff, that's called acting. Uh, right. <laughs> what I've uh, what I've heard anyway. <laughs> right, right, but but that subtlety, uh, unfortunately, is largely lost in the uh, movies these days, or uh, a majority of movies these days. But uh, it is fantastic with this movie. But you and I, being that we see a lot of movies, it uh, you know, it's our taste has become more refined. So. When the filmmaking becomes more refined, we appreciate that shit, right? <laughs> Absolutely, I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Cool, cool. Well, with so my number seven for you. So my number seven is uh, it's a cartoon, sir, and it is um, it is, it is Pixar's Toy Story four. I knew this was gonna be on your oh, list. Oh, uh, of I, course. <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen this uh yet. Uh, actually. I- you seen Toy Story three? I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know me and animation. But I, I am gonna get to this movie. Um, but uh, I haven't yet. So go ahead. Oh yeah, Toy Story four. As I've already said in uh, my early re- my review earlier this year, uh, is fantastic. Uh, they they made a they made a perfect trilogy and said, why not go further? And you're like, no, don't. Don't do it, right? You you already achieved perfection. And Pixar was like, yeah, but what about more perfect? <laughs> what about a perfect quadrilogy? Has that ever been done? And, and they're like, no, actually. And Pixar was like, all right, well, uh, give us about four years. And they, um, damn, man. If it's, 
if it's one series they have uh, never not given a damn about, it is Toy Story. Man, that has been their flagship. That has been their baby. And uh, they delivered with Toy Story 4. They pushed character. Uh, uh, they took the character Woody to new levels of maturity and where his purpose is in life. And uh, yeah, man, I, I, I cried my eyes out twice. Um, I had to walk out. I had to do that thing where, you know, you kind of cover your face and so you don't see all the snot. <laughs> As you try to get to the bathroom to like you know blow your nose and shit, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I, I, was, I was like, mom, I gotta go. I'll be, I'll be right back. <laughs> it was like, I was like, thank God this theater is dark because this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, like, I like how disgusting my face looks right now. But yeah, uh, Toy Story four. Uh, I, it's I, I hate to say it again, but damn it, Pixar, you've done it again four times in a row. That's uh, no other. Uh, I don't think any other franchise has had four straight great movies like that so well done well done and well done so with that let us move on to our number six brian uh my number six is a film called book smart Ooh, that's that new uh, that's that olivia wilde movie right it is the olivia wilde movie yeah um and uh she I, i've been a fan of her acting uh since house oh same here uh, man she was 13 um and i've kind of followed her uh throughout the years and uh, this is her first time directing a uh, uh, full feature film. I think she's done some short films uh, before, but this is her first feature film. Um, and man, was it good. Uh, the, the two um, leads were Caitlin Deaver, who I ha- uh, had seen in uh, Last Man Standing with uh, Tim Allen. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and the uh, uh, TV show that I think it was on ABC. Now it's Fox, but oh, yeah. uh, so she was in that. Played uh, one of Tim Allen's uh, daughters, and then Beanie Feldstein, who I had seen in a couple of things. I think she was in uh, Lady Bird um, a few years ago, which is a Greta Gerwig movie. Um, I believe she was Saoirse Ronan's uh, friend in that, but she's also Jonah Hill's sister. Really? Oh yeah, I think I, yeah. I, I I think I actually heard this. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, because uh, Hill is actually his middle name, um, and his name is Jonah Hill Feldstein. Oh well, of um, course. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're wondering like why a why a Jew has the last name Hill. You're like, um, huh? All right. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so yeah, this is his uh, uh, his sister and. Man, is she good. I mean, both of them, uh, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein, both put in excellent performances. Uh, the chemistry is phenomenal. Uh, this movie is funny as hell. Um, and uh, Olivia Wilde just does a great job directing. Like, she brought her own style. You know, a, a lot of films just kind of fall flat because you don't feel like the director is bringing anything to it. You know, they're not bringing their own sense of style or, or personality or, or anything like that. But with Olivia Wilde, there's a couple of scenes, one involving a swimming pool and also a stop motion animation scene, uh, in this, which just like brought, uh, creativity and style to the forefront and um i really felt that from olivia wilde so it was it's a good movie oh, that's good to hear man because i get um 
I wouldn't say that I get nervous about um, actors turning directors, but generally when actors become, uh, or, you know, when actors hop into the director's chair, uh, the one thing that generally suffers is the style, but not, but, uh, but the one thing that generally is, is always pretty damn good, uh, regardless, is, uh, the acting. Like, for example, uh, with Denzel Washington, he's only directed three films, I believe, one of them was An uh, Antoine Fisher, uh, the other one, Great Debaters, and the last one, which was Fences, and, uh, and all of those films, the acting is superb because Denzel is definitely an actor's director. He understands acting, you know, so well he can know he knows he knows where, or he knows what to say to other actors to get them to that point. But in terms of his visual style, it's uh, in my opinion kind of lacking. So uh, you know when you hear you know when you hear the you know, the same thing with like Olivia Wilde, where I was like, all right, well, she, I I like her as I like her as an actor, and I'm pretty sure that if she directs, she knows how to get the actor to that point that they can deliver great performances. But does she have a vision, <laughs> right? That's 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 definitely always the uh, the big question, and I'm happy to hear that she does. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, when I want to shout out one more person in this movie, and it's Billy Lord, who's actually Carrie Fisher's daughter. Okay. And uh, she she's in this movie, and every time she pops up, I mean, it just she kind of plays this like crazy rich girl just kind of wild and she brings a lot of the comedic uh relief uh although this whole movie is funny as hell but whenever she uh shows up it's just funny and insane shenanigans and uh she's you could just tell once again she was having fun with this and uh i think we might be seeing some some uh big things from billy lord in the uh future okay let's see if she can uh you know uh carry on the legacy but do her own thing with it that's good right there's definitely some shadows she's got to step out uh from oh. uh with her mom and her grandma but oh definitely but it's also good that she doesn't have the same last name so it, it, it true it, true it, most people don't know yeah, um, exactly. unless you say it yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. But excellent. I'll, again, like I feel like mo like at least half of your list is gonna be shit I haven't seen but need to see. So. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> there was like a good three months where I wasn't seeing anything because I was working so much. So you definitely uh, hopped out in front of the pack and and, and took the reins of uh, who's gonna see more movies this year. <laughs> right. Well, they, this was a good good year to do it. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, my number six is the new Safdie Brothers movie, uh, Uncut Gems. This was my number eleven. Ooh, uh, yeah, this, barely this didn't one, make it. <laughs> this one it was it was so difficult to make the cut. It was a tough cut for me, but uh, this is a great film. Oh, uh, dude, this movie. This movie I both love and it pisses me off because, uh, as we all know, Adam Sandler, uh, he is um, he takes a lot or generally with his film choices always seems to take uh, the road or path of least resistance. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and when you see movies like Spanglish or uh, Ra uh, Rain Over Me or uh, or of course Punch Punch Drunk Love, you're just like. This man is capable of doing deeper and more interesting things, and yet he keeps going back to shit. <laughs> and 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 on top of that, we know that he doesn't need the money because most like most big like most actors, for example, like Kristen Stewart, right? Like after she did Twilight, she just began like doing nothing but 
cool, interesting indie movies because she's like, I got Twilight money now. I can do what I want. So I don't. Yeah, so I don't, Pattinson did the same thing. Exactly. And so, and, and, and Pattinson was actually in the previous Happy Brother movie, uh, Good Time, which was uh, a phenomenal performance by him. Yeah, that's one I've been meaning to watch. I need to, I need to watch that one. And it's funny because that movie is a lot of people's favorites. I actually find Uncut Gems to be better than Good Time. Uh, although I think Good Time to be good, but I think that uh, Uncut Gem, Gems has has a better through line and a more satisfying conclusion for me. But yeah, man, this movie is great. It has a great kind of a combination of like a candid kind of documentary style, uh, very similar to things like uh, like like a Paul Greengrass film, like you know the Bourne movies or or, or uh, You Done It ninety seven. Uh, but then when it needs to like you know have have traditional style for the really intimate scenes, it definitely knows when to sit still. And Sandler, man, this is um again. I'm just like, dude, you you have that you had all this the whole time. <laughs> just it makes me angry, and I'm just happy to know that this man can do something like this. And I just hope that this movie has enough success to push him in that direction on a more permanent basis in terms of his uh, his film choices. But yeah, Uncut Gems is great. On uh, on top of a. There was an d- actress in there. Her name was Ju- I believe her name was Julia Fox. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she is phenomenal. And I believe this is her first film. I looked her up on Wikipedia, and I couldn't find anything else that she had done besides this movie. And she is uh, she is absolutely phenomenal in this film as well as being quite easy on the eyes. Yeah, she is. She is quite beautiful. And also, it was nice to see Adina Menzel step out from behind, uh, you know, the uh, the voiceover box and get to you know, get to see her actually act in person. And then it was uh, it was great to see her as a uh, Sandler's character's uh, wife, who uh, they oh, definitely man. when she when she like when he tries to get back with her and she just shuts him down in the most spectacular way ever like she wasn't given like a ton to do but in that scene she just shot as they say there are no small roles just small actors and she was no small actor <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, another thing that i liked uh, about this movie is the fact that by the end i'd say by about halfway through you are no longer rooting for adam sandler's character um at least in my that's how i was i was like rooting against him but (laughs) because he just kept making bad choice after bad choice screwing people over you know he i mean he's a compulsive gambler and just living on the edge but you can't look away because it's like okay how is he gonna get out of this is he gonna get out of this what's gonna happen even though you're not rooting for him like you have to see what happens and this movie kind of gives you anxiety throughout the entire runtime and it doesn't let up until the credits roll yeah and i think that's the point of the film too which is you know you know like well done for just just capturing the you know the sheer panic and adrenaline that this movie just kind of puts you in for a good two-hour state so yeah and it also talks about like being in debt and uh you know <laughs> the uh the downsides of adulthood and so, if you look at it from a certain perspective and the, the anxiety of being uh so uh full of debt and owing everybody like the it kind of throws that in there too oh for sure and it definitely really just captures the thrill of what of what of what makes someone addicted to gambling which is just that thrill of like can i win you know what i mean like 
like I feel like the money is not even important. It's just to have something on the line, and it's that rush. and that yeah. rush. It's like that's their drug. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, for sure, uh, Uncut Gems, my number six, uh, fantastic film, and I look forward to seeing whatever the Safdie brothers do next. And Adam Sandler, make some better fucking choices, man. Like this, please. Right, <laughs> because he also had Murder Mystery this year. Which is in my bottom <laughs> of the year with like Jennifer Aniston. I, I didn't even watch it on purpose, just with like friends and stuff. Does someone have a gun in your head? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Everyone else wanted to watch it, and I was like, no, shit. <sighs> I guess. How bad can it be? Apparently. And, you, uh, and you're like, pretty like, bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad. So, uh, so my number five. Go ahead, sir. And this is a movie you and I haven't talked about. Uh, so I'm interested to see a little bit of what you thought of it because it was kind of a divisive movie, and that is Joker. Woo! Yes, Joker. I didn't even talk about that movie. I was gonna review it, and then I just couldn't get around to it. But uh, yeah, Joker. Uh, I mean, we can all agree that uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Damn. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't get, I know it's a it's a pretty stacked field for Oscars, and I believe the nominations come out soon. But if he doesn't win for best actor, I just I don't I don't understand. Well, I don't get it. Well, I mean, I'd understand to a point. It's like how it's like he would literally like make it like the first in history to where two actors won. Oscars for playing the same character? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I guess I'll give you that. Whether it was, you know, the, the physical shape he was in, because he lost a lot of weight for it, and just, he just lost himself in the performance, and you, you could tell. Um, I love, this movie just, like, engrossed me throughout. Like, I couldn't turn away, even if I wanted to. And it made me really uncomfortable and but that's the thing movies are supposed to make you feel something and not all those feelings are good and and you know uh sunshine and rainbows some of that is like we talked with uncut gems you know anxiety filled or uncomfortable uneasy uh and this movie did a great job of doing that uh Definitely, if you want a uh, uplifting movie, see something else. <laughs> this one, this one's a good one. And what they did about the being a uh, unre- unreliable narrator at points, um, whenever that is brought up in movies, uh, it's done to varying degrees of success. But uh, in this movie, it is done really well in my opinion oh yeah uh i I definitely enjoyed this one it did not make my top 10 but it it is definitely in my honorable mentions uh uh definitely enjoyed it uh the first i I would say like the first third or so i liked it and it and it's a visually gorgeous movie for sure it just oh yeah the cinematography is insane it just didn't like it, it just took uh, a bit of time to grab me, but once it grabbed me, uh, it did not let go, and I was uh, very, very pleased. It did not make my top ten, but it is definitely an excellent film and definitely uh, one that I will watch again, for sure. Now, that was your number five, correct? That was my number five. Uh, my number five is one you definitely not seen. I know this for sure because it is anime. Oh, okay. So uh, uh, my number five is a movie called I Want to Eat, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. Interesting title. Uh, yeah, so like an elevator pitch is the story 
uh, about this guy who really doesn't have any friends and doesn't really care to have any friends. A very strong introverted guy that ends up kind of almost being forced to befriend this uh, this very outgoing girl that has pancreatic cancer. Okay, well that makes sense. It's it's just a it's it's a very simple movie and its premise of just watching her just be so super positive, but like have that kind of brave, happy facade slowly break down. You know, like just the inevitability of her impending, you know, death just kind of looms over her. But she just tries to be uh, super positive and happy about it. And that kind of personality just kind of breaking through his defenses and uh, kind of, you know, like bringing him out of his shell. It's just, uh, it's just damn good, man. It's just damn good. I, uh, the one thing, one of the few things that I, or one of the things that I love about anime in general is that unlike American animation, you know, like the Japanese don't just make animation for kids. You know what I mean. And when you see, and when you see like you know like movies like Akira or Ghost in the Shell, or 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 even films like you know The Girl That Leapt Through Time, they can really tackle really adult themes. And you know, again, they're not all for kids, and they'll put in like you know like Disney quality you know level of animation. So it isn't like they're just like like it needs to be like a scanner darkly or 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 another movie that came out here that I heard that was good was uh, I lost my body or something where it's um it's just excellent man and and you know and and by the end I was just I was just in tears it was a very good surprisingly hard movie to find it it didn't come out on blu-ray until uh I'm going to say October and end of October and I saw it in theaters in January <laughs> Oh wow! And on and and it's only like available on like one site <laughs> to buy, and it's like forty dollars for a copy of the Blu-ray. <laughs> Holy shit! Exactly. So like, I, I'm definitely gonna get it because I love it that much. It's my it's my number five, but it's it's so rare that a uh, an anime film gets that you know gets a release like that, and then and then is made uh very difficult to acquire. <laughs> so. But yeah, my number five is I want to eat your pancreas. So number four, Brian. Number four, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident this isn't going to be on your list. Uh, but uh, and this is another movie uh, we reviewed uh, one uh, along with Russell as well. And oh that yes, is here it is. Avengers Endgame. Ah, <laughs> come on, you had to know it was going to be on my list. Oh, of 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 course. <laughs> <laughs> Just of like I knew Toy Story was going to be on your list, Avengers had to be on my list. Hey, I will throw your bone. Uh, Endgame is on my honorable mentions. So, okay, okay. So. I, I'm not respectable. I'm not heartless, Brian. I love the superheroes. You know this. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, what more can be said about this movie that I haven't already said? Um, I've seen this movie, I think, five times. I've, see, I've watched it... Uh, Three times in the theater, so I've given 15 hours of my life to this movie. Uh, uh, wow. And, and I have cried every single time. And I'm not usually a big crier, although a few movies on my list this year have gotten me. Uh, but this movie, not only have, did I cry five times, but I cried in different spots. Nice. <laughs> time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... And especially that that point uh, with Avengers Assemble, I remember opening night going in there, no one else reacting to that 
statement and I just stood up from my chair and said yes because <laughs> I was looking for that for 10, ten years y- yep. and they made you wait for it but boy was it fascinating was it just was it effective was it worth it to wait for oh. that Oh, dude, I'm, Avengers I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm actually, I, like, that moment was a big moment, especially because it kind of echoes a scene from a comic called Ultimate, uh, which is an Avengers comic. And, right. and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is magical for sure, man. Um, Marvel has definitely had its, its highs and lows. And it's 10 years uh, getting here. But I got to say, uh, more... Than not, they stuck the landing, man, and uh, and I got to give credit where credit is due, and bravo, bravo. <laughs> yeah, and, and the best thing I can say about this movie is it's three hours, and for me, it feels like a, a two-hour film. Like I've I have watched ninety minutes films that felt longer than this movie, and I can say that for sure. Like I really have, especially you know I've been like murder mystery in the thirties and the forties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of those feel like they go on for four hours. I, I won't lie, but uh, this one just flew right by every time. Oh yeah, I surprisingly, Brian, this is gonna shock you. I I saw it twice in theaters. So. <laughs> oh, excellent! Yeah. All right. So and uh, yeah. and, and I didn't cry the first time, but I did cry the second time. So there you go. All right, fantastic. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I need to say about Avengers Endgame. Everyone's talked at nauseum. It's the highest grossing movie of all time. Um. Avengers Endgame, number four on my list. Avengers Endgame, I am Iron Man, all that good shit. Yes. All right, so my all right, so my number four is um, it's a documentary. Oh. And and I think I talked about this a little bit with you when I saw you right before you left uh, when you and I met up at Brass Tap. Okay. But uh, this is the movie called No Safe Spaces. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about this. And this is the movie about uh just about this this rising trend of the need to build a safe space from free speech on college campuses. Right, right. And, yeah. And how and and how this uh how these kids, you know, you know these students are are kind of being are, are kind of putting themselves in this like self-imposed bubble where they don't want to hear things that offend them. And because of that, uh, people that, you know, that come to their school, you know, speakers like uh, Ben Shapiro and people that are more, I would say, definitely conservative, uh, are, uh, are causing them to react in, uh, I'm going to say, less than satisfactory ways, <laughs> to put it lightly, because it's one thing to disagree with someone. It is another thing to break things in a Escape from New York type riot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a very fine line between that. Actually, it's more than fun. Yeah, and so, uh, but yeah, it's it's just fascinating. And, and the movie is uh, it's incredibly fair because it start it'd be two guys in question. And I forgot one of them is named Adam Carolla, and the other guy I forgot uh, his name. But but one is liberal and one is conservative, so they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of not in in terms of you know like ideology. And value and, and and or ideology, but their values are still the same. That we need to be able to have an open forum to talk about this and disagree and talk about this in a civil way. Otherwise, what is this country for, right? And they really do tackle that. Uh, they show how uh, this has 
you know, affected, you know, people on both sides of the political aisle from liberal teachers, like, like literally, you know, fearing for their lives on college campuses because these students have just gotten so out of control and, uh, and, and on the conservative side as well. So, and it also uh, deals with, uh, you actually mentioned it, nice segue, but you mentioned uh, Tim Allen's last, or uh, Last Man Standing, that, t- that TV show. Right. And how uh, that show was on, it was on, it was it ABC, I believe? Yeah, it was and, on ABC. And it was actually canceled for saying something that was apparently not PC, <laughs> which, because uh, I, I guess, I guess they were talking about uh, the subject of these, uh, of, of these kids uh, rioting at a certain school, and Tim Allen's character, like in one of the uh, in one of the episodes, said, "What are they rioting against? Ideas? <laughs> like, it's like what you like, like, like well, you can't even talk about ideas anymore." And that, yeah. and that got that show canceled, and it was definitely uh, pro- like proven to be a a um a kind of left sided agenda because that because that show was like the second highest rated show on the channel so it wasn't for lack of money or rating it was definitely more an an ideology based decision. <laughs> Which, oh, absolutely, and you know the funny thing about that is, and not to get off track too much, but um you know I consider myself quite left leaning, but I watch all. Uh, all of the seasons when it was on ABC of that show, because even if I disagreed with it, it was still funny it's, as hell. It's still good, like, right? Yeah, like I cannot agree with what he says and, and, and what it's about, but I can still enjoy it because it's funny. And just because I don't agree with it, okay, well that's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, I mean, I, I, I look at my, I look at my top ten list here. I'm like, I don't agree with what happens in midsummer. <laughs> you know, I didn't agree with, <laughs> I don't agree with what happened. At, like, I don't agree with anything that Adam Taylor does in Uncut Gems. You know what I mean? Like, we're okay with, you know, with watching, you know, the Joker do shit, and then it's not like, hey, we're not gonna just go and start murdering people on trains. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, some fucked up shit happens in Parasite. <laughs> oh, easily, but it's, but it's, but, but it's very much not even about condoning. Or it, 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 there's this stigma that like just talking about a subject is condoning it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's not the same thing. But you know, but unfortunately, uh, some of the kids these days at these colleges are uh, being raised to believe that um, that only things that don't offend them are the things that should be allowed to be said, which goes against free speech. And free speech uh, and free speech is one of the things that I think you and I can both agree is what makes America. Great, for no, sure. absolutely. You're not going to get any arguments from me. So so with that, let's move on to our number three. Brian, hit me. All right. Uh, this one is uh, a, kind of an indie movie that not a lot of people have heard of, um, and uh, but I've just become a champion of this movie. Uh, it is called Changeland. Changeland. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. Remind me what, what it's about. Yeah, so it's uh, it's directed by Seth Green. It uh, stars it stars himself and Brecken Meyer, and so it's about a guy who had planned an anniversary trip with his wife to Thailand, but then found out that his wife has been cheating on him for some time. So instead of confronting her or saying anything, he calls up his buddy who he hasn't seen in a couple of years and goes on the trip to Thailand. With his buddy, without telling his wife, without saying anything to his wife. Right. To try to kind of find himself and figure out what he's going to do from here. Right. And this movie, I mean, it, it, I would probably classify it as a dramedy. Um, 
but it, it is it is definitely funny but it it gets at some uh real themes uh so some real uh drama and, you know it's about overcoming personal struggles and the power of a friendship getting you through it and uh you know the people you meet along the way and uh even if you only uh know them for a short time they still have an impact on you mm. And I think this movie just hit me at the right time. Uh, I watched this movie around the time uh, my uh, grandpa passed away. And, uh, you know, although this is about, you know, the ending of a marriage, potentially, uh, it's still about personal struggles. And, uh, yeah, I think it just hit me at the exact right time. Uh, But I've seen this movie three times. Uh, I've watched it uh, once by myself and then twice with other people. And every time uh, I saw it with uh, other people, they just absolutely loved it as well, Uh, which is a a good kind of gauge on the – what I'm, uh, you know, what I'm feeling. It's like, oh, all right, well, you liked it too, so I can't be crazy here. And uh, Macaulay Culkin is also in this movie uh, because he's friends with Seth Green, and boy, is Macaulay Culkin fun. Uh, He is is hilarious. And uh, I'm also a big fan of Breckin Meyer. He was just funny as hell. Uh, And the cinematography, since it's kind of a travel movie as well is just it's nature porn it, it is nature porn and you know i love that shit oh that is all up your alley <laughs> oh yeah and and plus thailand is one of the places i want to go between that and uh scotland that's like top of my list so uh yeah this, this movie and it's a very tight like 85 90 minutes Ooh. like in out on with your day uh, it's just there's no fat in this movie whatsoever and uh, i know some some of the uh movies on the list uh on both of our lists are you know two and a half three plus hours uh movies and this one you know sometimes it's nice to have a nice just 90 minute movie in and out and flam, flam, thank you ma'am yeah yeah absolutely and uh yeah th- this is a this is a fun movie uh really suggest people uh, check it out i think it's on like streaming services and things like that like netflix and things of that nature nice well i'll definitely check it out uh, you've actually been shaping uh, this film ever since you saw it like earlier way earlier this year so yeah i think i saw it in like june yeah i've, I've been a, a big advocate of this movie yeah i recall reading your review on facebook back and or you know way back when and it was definitely the most glowing of reviews and you've been talking about it every time I see you so (laughs) (laughs) so I definitely gotta hop on that so um, my number three is The Last Black Man in San Francisco okay this is one I've been meaning to watch but I have not caught this haha I've got one on you (laughs) yeah so uh, this movie is uh, it's basically a love story uh, about a man and his and uh, and a house. It's um the the basic premise of it is uh he basically f- does this weird thing where he basically upkeeps a, uh his old family house that his family does not own anymore. Okay. And so like you know he's like like he's out there painting it like things at rest, placing deck boards and stuff just because he just loves that house so much, uh, even though his family doesn't live there anymore in fact the people that live there are like 
irritated that he won't stop coming to their house <laughs> and like <laughs> working on it. they're like can you please leave <laughs> like we're gonna it's like it's like the wife is annoyed the dad's just like or or, or the wife is annoyed the husband is like he's still here but he's making the house look nicer so <laughs> ah you know like but it's bothering my wife so ah you know <laughs> but 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 uh it, it basically deals with the um the kind of gentrification that is happening in San Francisco. And and this man's kind of uh just kind of attachment to uh a house that reminded him of better times and how he just kind of wants to hang on to that and how he um he has injected so much of his identity into that house that he doesn't know who he is without it. And so it kind of like deals with that. Uh it it, it definitely is a it is definitely a love letter to San Francisco. Which I am, uh, I am definitely happy to see that it actually captures most of the most of the real parts of San Francisco. You know what I mean? Not all the landmarks, not the Golden Gate Bridge, not the, you know, like that pyramid-like tower, all that stuff, or just the trolley cars. It really the like all the streets that go down. I have been down those streets many, many times. I love San Francisco, even though it has uh, definitely gotten a lot dirtier since then. But but it is a it is a fantastic movie with a very unique style very unique style very surreal style uh there are a lot of times where where uh, I, I would say it has a uh, it has some spike lee influences in there okay but uh but uh a bit more subtle cuz spike lee is one thing he's not known for is subtlety a lot of the time yeah but but it definitely has some spikely uh, uh, uh some spike of uh, some spikely influence for sure. The movie was actually made by two guys uh, that actually grew up in San Francisco, and one of them like actually kind of plays himself. But it is uh it is definitely worth the watch, and I, be- I believe it's on Redbox now. That's where I actually watch it for sure. But it's still it just still hung with me as just being this being a very unique uh, indie film uh, as um. What's his name? Uh, 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 Danny Glover's in there as well in a small role, and it's good to see him uh, again. I hadn't seen him since um, the, sorry for, or sorry to bother you, which was also a, a very interesting film. And all, yes, it is. And, and also, yes, to, and, is. and also took place in the Bay Area, which is always it's just nice to see movies that take place in the Bay Area and give my uh, and give my hometown some love. So, but yeah, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco is. Um, is my number three. So let's go on to your number two, because we've already done mine, which is Parasite. Okay, so number two for me is mentioned uh, is a movie I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, um, and that is Little Women. Ah, yes, that is Greta Gerwig, and right? Greta Gerwig, uh, Saoirse Ronan, uh, Florence Pugh, Laura Dern's in this, Emma Watson's in this, Meryl Streep's in this, Tim- Timothy Chalamet, I mean... The cast is, is out of this world. Bob Odenkirk shows up. Uh, yeah, so the the cast is amazing. Oh, that's and, right. It is an actual. Uh, I keep forgetting. It's a, like an American adaption of Little Women, right? Or no? Yes. So like because it's not British anymore. Like everyone is like it takes place in America, but still like in like a earlier time, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it happens around the Civil War time, um, and. I am not the target demographic of this movie. Uh, uh, not at all. I've never seen an adaptation uh, of Little Women before. I never read the book. Uh, but 
I didn't have much to do, and I went and saw this movie, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Oh, yeah, here's I great. Mean, yeah, it really is. I mean, the, you know me. I love me some character development. If a movie lets you live with the characters and really know the characters, I, I'm going to be a happy guy. And this movie is exactly that. I mean, you understood the character's hopes and dreams and their strengths and weaknesses, their personalities. A lot of their personalities, uh, especially the sisters, are conflicting personalities. And just watching that unfold is was just fantastic. Um, I said, you know, I told you the cast. The cast is amazing. Uh, but the two people that really knock it out of the park are Saoirse Ronan and, once again, Florence Pugh. Mm. They are fantastic just knockout performances uh also laura dern was fantastic uh she was in uh, she's getting a lot of hype for uh marriage story uh supporting role she had in that but i think she should get all the hype for this movie i mean marriage story is a good movie but uh, but her performance in this is just awesome. And I've been a big fan of Laura Dern uh, since, you know, Jurassic Park. And uh, she is fantastic, and she's really good in this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie, I laughed, I cried, uh, I was intellectually challenged and stimulated. Um, it, I am on board of the Greta Gerwig hype train. Uh, I really, really liked uh, Lady Bird, and this movie, she just stepped it up, like, two more levels. Um, she is one of my favorite directors already, and I cannot wait to see what she does next. Excellent, man. I actually saw Lady Bird as well and enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was, like, the greatest thing ever, like everyone said it was, but I did enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, and also, I'm just happy to hear that she's, like, showing some range by doing something else that's you know that's different from ladybird in terms of in terms of tone in terms of like you know like like it's a period piece and it's a and, and it's also an adaption so you know her doing something that's not necessarily just ripped from you know her life is uh it's good to hear that she uh can tackle other things and, and and tackle a bigger cast too for sure yeah and and you know also it's not just like a straight uh adaptation of it is she does uh some stuff with uh the chronology and like parallel timelines and things like that uh which really add we were talking about style earlier yeah add, give it her you know a unique style and kind of uh creativity rather than just telling it like the move, the other movies or the book does. She switches it up a bit, and it really it works perfectly. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, the one flaw I've heard about this movie in reviews is sometimes it's hard to keep track of what timeline you're in, being that it hops back and forth. So I mean, I know I know uh, some people had issues with it. I didn't. I was able to to keep up the whole way. Um, but uh, I, I, I have watched several movies this year that have done that, so I feel like I've trained my brain ah, a bit. That refined um, film mind. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it didn't bother me. I know I, I've heard that criticism as well. Uh, but for me, it, it was a plus. So it's just a, a matter of taste. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, shall we get into our lightning round of honorable mentions, sir? Yeah, let me get my... 
my list up here. Alrighty. Well, uh, we well, All right. well, I'm going to throw out uh, my number 11, and that is Dr. Sleep. <laughs> uh, big fan of that one. And and surprisingly, uh, and surprisingly, uh, this is going to sound like blasphemy to any film lover. I do not like The Shining at all. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a huge fan of it either, to be honest. <laughs> I don't need it. I like the, what people love about it. I really don't. So uh, we agree. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> All right, go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, so for uh, me, I said Uncut Gems already. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Ah, the return of Eddie Murphy. Oh, man. It, Eddie is, I mean, at his best with this. He, he, he seems like he's really back at it and uh, having fun. Wesley Snipes is in the movie, and he's having fun. Uh, so it's just a, it's a great movie. Excellent, man. It's one of those ones I got to check out for sure. Because there was a point in like November and late and early December where where Netflix was just dropping bombs, <laughs> and I just couldn't keep up with it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, that's good to hear. Uh, another one. Uh, uh, my number twelve is Motherless Brooklyn. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That one looked interesting, though. Oh yeah, that's that new, uh, or that's that Edward Norton uh, 50s noir detective joint. It's so good, man. So good. Uh, but yeah, the, the the movie is great. Uh, also, like I would say, like next to like uh, Knives Out, a uh, hell of a cast, man. It's got Edward Norton. It's got Alec Baldwin. It's got Bruce Willis, who's actually good again. <laughs> Really? Uh, it's it, it's got it's got Bobby Cannavale, it's got Leslie Mann, it's got Gugu Mumbatha Raw, yeah, and oh, oh and Willem Dafoe. So oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. It is a it is a hell of a cast, a great detective story, and it's got some great jazz too, man. The dialogue is very like noir's fifty style. So if, you know if, if you like that good noir kind of talk, this movie is filled with it, and it is it was actually um Norton's passion project for about ten years. So it's good to see that he finally got his baby out there the way he wanted it. So, thanks. Uh, another one for me is Late Night. Uh, Emma Thompson and Mindy Kaling. It was uh, one that came out of Sundance, and uh, yeah, I was a big fan of this about a uh, talk, a late night female late night talk show host whose ratings are declining, and brings in Mindy Kaling, and it, yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. It's really good. Excellent. Another one I want to throw on there, uh, I think we kind of almost agreed on this, but just had different ratings, but uh, Shazam. I love Shazam, man. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. I was going to say that if you didn't. So uh, Shazam, I love that movie. It is a good, fun movie. And also, like, a good, also a surprisingly good Christmas movie. <laughs> so, Absolutely. It actually works in well with that, uh, for sure. Uh, what else yep. you got? Uh, a couple more I got. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Ah, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. And it was also uh, set in the Outer Banks, uh, which is a place where I spent three summers as my time as a park ranger. Uh, so, uh, yeah, definitely uh, the, the setting was fantastic, but Shia LaBeouf was fantastic. I mean, it's for all the, the crap he, he's gone through, uh, a lot of it was self self-made but the dude can act and he's a hell of a actor and artist i hadn't seen honey boy but uh, i heard that was great too uh kind of uh, about his life a bit but uh, peanut butter falcon great movie excellent uh another one i, th- I want to throw in here i actually saw this one last night 
well, uh, with that same uh, film guy I told you I met earlier named Steve, uh, him and I saw 1917 last night. See, that's one that I haven't watched yet. I have a feeling that that's going to somehow make it onto my top ten. <laughs> I'm hoping to see that in the next couple of days. Oh, it is fantastic, sir. Fantastic. The rumors are true about it looking like it, or, or them trying to make it look like a single shot, or at least two single I- shots anyway. But uh, it is a uh, phenomenal. The you, you know the character work is great. The cinematography is just. I mean, if this movie doesn't win for cinematography, then well, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is. It is an absolute uh, masterwork of filmmaking, and I'm and I'm happy that Sam Mendes uh, came back with this one because I did not like Spectre at all. So. <laughs> You know, I've seen that movie twice. Apparently, uh, I have, and I don't. I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Yep, <laughs> because it's a shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, someone was like, "Batista was in that." I was like, "What?" Really? <laughs> I've seen it. Where? <laughs> I don't remember a single thing. But uh, another one I got is Britney Runs a Marathon. Oh, I've heard of this one. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, someone I uh, listened to on uh, like movie podcasts and stuff. Actually, after this movie, signed up for the New York City Marathon because of this movie. And uh, I've been trying to watch it, and I finally did. And if you want something to inspire you and like really get you going and, and really hopeful and wanting to make a change... Watch this movie because this movie will do it. Will do if ever if ever I fall off the path, I will watch the movie to get me back on it for sure. Um, another one I want to throw out there, probably easily for me, best action movie of the year, John Wick Three. Had to give Keanu some love. That was that movie was uh ha- it was just phenomenal action uh from start to finish. Definitely has its uh has its little faults here and there for sure, but it definitely needed to be uh mentioned in the audible and the honorable mentions for sure. And this uh you know. In this heavy CGI age of action, uh, John Wick is like, nah, son, practical shit, <laughs> and it's uh, and I, it, it is much appreciated. Yeah, the the first forty five minutes of that is absolutely perfect. Oh yeah, I, the, that first forty five minutes is fantastic. For me, it kind of went down a little bit after that, but the yeah, the action was crazy. Oh yeah, especially that amazing knife fight, right? Shit, <laughs> oh, <yeah>, yeah. <laughs> So uh, so brutal. Do you have anything else? Um, another one is actually a documentary I saw like early in the year, but it's called Apollo Eleven. Oh, I've heard. Uh, it. Oh yeah, I've heard uh, of this one. This one's making everyone's top top list. Yeah, it, it, I mean, so many movies came out. Like it was at the top in the beginning, but uh, it's just been a hell of a year movies but yeah it's basically uh refinished or or like enhanced original footage of the apollo 11 mission and there's no like narrative it, the only talking you hear is from actual people who like houston and astronauts and all of that yeah it's spectacular if you're into like uh space or nasa or the history of it definitely check this movie out one of the best things about a good documentary is they can get you into anything period no matter if you're into it or not and so i I definitely will check it out uh, for sure because i watched a documentary a long time ago called buck and it was about a guy who trains horses and i don't really care about horses but the documentary was so good that i just didn't care (laughs) you know what i mean i wasn't i was i was engrossed in this guy's story uh for sure so i would definitely check out apollo 11 when i make some time 
I got one more honorable mention, and that is Richard Jewell, the uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah, I saw that movie recently as well. Yeah, and I thought it was it was it, it, it was damn solid. Great performance by I forgot the guy's name was it Walter Hauser I believe his name uh, was Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser, yeah, his 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 care his acting was phenomenal. It's good to see. Like I can definitely tell when Clint Eastwood really cares about a story because he seems to do do better jobs with those than his other ones. But uh, yeah, this one for sure was uh, uh, was damn good. Very traditional, very lean and no nonsense. Just like Clint Eastwood likes it. Enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, that one I I really enjoyed it. And uh, Paul Walter Hauser, he was in Black Klansman. He was in Itania. Oh yeah. He's actually, uh, in a small part in Late Night. So I've really been paying attention to him for a few years. I, I'm a big fan of that guy. Uh, I didn't agree with all of the movie's politics, but you know that's fine. I don't have to. But uh, it, it it was a it. It was a damn good movie, though. I, I did like it. Excellent, excellent. You got any more honorable mentions, sir? Oh, another one that I liked was The Report. And this is another one that came out of Sundance. Uh, it was originally titled The Torture Report. So it's about the torture strategies and tactics used mainly by the Bush administration and how uh, difficult it was for that to come out. And... Uh, it stars Adam Driver, uh, Annette Benny is playing Diane Feinstein. Uh, it's a it's a really good movie. Adam Driver is just turned into one of the best actors in Hollywood. I mean, he really is a, a great actor and puts in a fantastic performance. Oh, agreed, agreed for sure. I am actually out of honorable mentions, so if you got any more, uh, throw them out there now before we hop over and hop over to our number one, sir. No, I'm I'm set to go. Cool. Well, uh, give me your number one, sir. My number one movie of the year is Ford v Ferrari. Ooh, a man's movie. Is it? I just I just love this movie. I mean, Christian Bale, Matt Damon, they're at their best. The racing scenes were great, but okay. the best thing about this movie is that the racing scenes do not outshine the human drama. This is about uh, a friendship and about human ingenuity and about uh, corporations and corporate greed. And once again, all that stuff I love, as I was talking about Parasite earlier, um, the sound design during the racing scenes was so good. I wish I could have saw this in like IMAX because the sound, the sound systems and IMAX theaters are just so great. Uh, but just seeing this in a normal theater was amazing. Oh, agreed, man. I do love this movie. It's one that literally just slipped my mind, but it definitely would be on my honorable mentions for sure. Loved it. Christian Bell and Matt Damon are, uh, are straight gold. And uh, it's James Mangold, man. And I've been a fan of his, you know, you know, like like even long before Logan. So, you know, the guy generally puts out stuff that I like. So I'm happy to see that he's just, you know, continuing to uh, uh, not disappoint for sure. He's easily one of my favorites. And uh, I can't wait to watch this movie over and over again. Um, the scene when uh, Ken Miles, uh, Christian Bell's character, is uh, in the car with his wife. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Play, played by Katarina Balfi. Oh, my God. Like, she isn't given a lot in this movie. But in that scene, once again, you said earlier, uh, no small roles, just small actors. I mean, she just shines in that 
in that scene. I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, she kind of stole the movie just with that one scene in my eyes. Well, she definitely stole that scene for sure. And they definitely uh, went against the grain by just not going into the typical nagging wife. And I love that so much because normally you have these stories of these men out there trying to accomplish great things and you have the wives at home just kind of nagging them, you know what I mean? And, and you know, to have, you know, that turn on its ear and have that supportive wife that's just like, hey, stop being a pussy, okay? And just tell me so we can get this shit on. That's right. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, hell yeah. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's like you married it, the right woman. Yeah, it, it, that scene gave her such agency and like a, a real... You know, I felt like she was like a three-dimensional character, even in the little time she was given, like, purely because of that scene. Oh, yeah, uh, that scene and also the scene when uh, he doesn't get to do that one race, and so she kind of shows up at, at the uh, at the hangar to just kind of hang out with him and have some, like, have some wine and dance and stuff. I thought that was very, very poignant and very sweet. Well, even when uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are fighting, she does some funny shit in that, too. Uh, or she just, like, sits down in a lawn chair and watches them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that for sure. Uh, my number one is uh, a movie you mentioned earlier as a good movie, and I thought it was the best movie of the year for me, and that is Marriage Story, sir. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite strange that I would have a Noah Baumbach film on my on my top ten list, as I am. Uh, he's interesting because I have seen like like two or three of his movies, and I like them, but I couldn't tell you why. Like they're very much like a slice of life. And, you know, with great actors, uh, I saw The Squid and the Whale, and I saw Greenberg. And, okay. And I liked both of them, but I honestly couldn't tell you why, nor could I recommend them to you. Because <laughs> it's, it's very much like, I know this is like something that, that tickles something that I like, but I um I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't know how to sell it, if you get what I'm saying, right? Right. So... But yeah, this movie is probably his, uh, in terms of uh, accessibility, I think his most accessible so far. Again, you know, again, you mentioned uh, Adam, you know, Adam Driver being one of the greatest. Uh, this is another uh, testament to his greatness for sure, and uh, also another testament to the greatness that is Scarlett Johansson. Holy damn, is she amazing in this movie as well? Yeah, I mean, I love her as Black Widow, but you you forget. Like she can act. Those movies, yeah, those movies are great, but man, she can deliver so much more than what's required in those movies. Uh, and she is great. The scene where they fight. Oh, electric! <laughs> holy shit! And that's just a punch in the gut. Just that whole scene, and they and they just they just let it out both of them everything they thought about each other all the things that the hurt that both of them have been feeling they just let that that just hatred flow through them and you see it and you see it in their performances and in their faces and their their emotions and their body language that is just a, a fantastic scene and i also like how that movie uh, even though it's about a really sad thing you know divorce and the ending of a relationship but at the end you feel hopeful and it's kind of tough to do that <laughs> exactly you're like how do we end this with like like some hope and because it doesn't like you know they don't you know cop out with them not getting a divorce they get a divorce <laughs> spoiler <laughs> 
but it is a uh, it is it, it is damn good and and those little moments of like the way they kind of take care of each other despite how much they hate each other it's just all the things that went unsaid that they should have talked about earlier throughout their marriage <laughs> it's just coming out now <laughs> and it and and it just makes it so vicious uh, also it was so weird to see like Ray Liotta be good again <laughs> right yeah he was good Al Alan Alda was in this as well. Oh yeah, as well as uh, uh, Laura Dern, you mentioned her earlier. She's great in this as well. Yeah, and so, absolutely. And so, yeah, and, and it definitely captures that like incredibly awkwardness of like serving papers. You remember that scene? <laughs> oh god, that scene was that scene was so funny. Like for how like sad this movie is, it's got some funny parts of it. And that scene is yeah, it's the awkwardness and and just weirdness of having to do that. It, they they portray it very well oh yeah for sure so so uh just to lay it down i'm gonna lay my 10 you lay your 10 down uh, my my number one marriage story my number two parasite my number three last black man in san francisco my number four no safe spaces number five i want to eat your pancreas number six uncut gems number seven toy story four number eight once upon a time in hollywood number nine midsummer and number 10 knives out brian my number one is Ford v. Ferrari. Number two, Little Women. Number three, Changeland. Number four, Avengers Endgame. Number five, Joker. Number six, Booksmart. Number seven, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Number eight, The Farewell. Number nine, Rocketman. And number ten, Parasite. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for joining me and, and, and doing this top ten list, Brian. It was a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's funny that, you know, it's it kind of highlights how good of a year it was for, for movies and cinema. The fact that we only have one movie the same, but uh, we can agree that all of, you know, the other, you know, movies that we talked about are still good. Even if they didn't make it on our list, uh, on the others list, it's still like just such a good year. Oh yeah, and the fact that you know our movies aren't our, our lists are pretty much not the same at all. You know, allows for more movies to be talked about, which is great. So uh, absolutely, as, as always, uh, this is our these are our list, uh, our, our our beloved audience. And if it does not match up with yours, well, uh, tough titties. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Please let us know what your uh, uh, your top ten are. And uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be great to just like learn about stuff that we have not heard if we did not make it onto our honorable mentions as well. Thank you for joining us for another look. You can message us on Facebook at Another Look. You can listen to our podcast on Podbean slash Another Look, and you can tweet at us at Another Look. That is with three O's. I am your host, Jeremy McKinley, and I am Brian Powers. And thank you for joining us. <laughs>